Welcome to the Delipod with me, James Delipod. And I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but I'm not excited this week because it's not a guest. Oh, sorry, it's not a, it's not a special <laughs> guest. It's a guest. He's a guest, it's but he's Dick. just not special enough. I know, I know. I, I, because I've been away, Dick, I've, I've, forgotten, I've forgotten the routine. All your protocols. Um, hang on, I'm just... just, just, just a... Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know whether I'm hearing you through my headphones or through the computer. But I'm assuming it's through my headphones. Uh, um, but before we go on... We've got to have a word from our sponsor. As you know, I've recently been advocating the positive impact a real food diet can have on your health, and I'm not about to stop. Hunter and Gather have changed the game for me, so I want to keep sharing them with you. They are an ancestrally inspired real food and supplements brand, simplifying optimal healthy living by making the most amazing range of products. Their range spans from great tasting mayos and condiments, all free from refined sugar and seed oils, to cooking oils and supplements such as collagen powder, freeze-dried lamb's organs in easy-to-take capsules and MCT oil. We've teamed up with the folk at Hunter & Gather to offer you a 10% discount, which you can redeem by heading to hunterandgatherfoods.com and using the code TDP10. Enjoy. What, what is MCT oil, Dick? Um, it's kind of the thing that can help you with ketosis that you can uh, that, that you're not oh. supposed to heat it up you're meant to take it as an oil in itself and it's unrefined well in its uncooked form uh you can put it in coffee and things like that and it turns it into a bulletproof coffee the wife has been using oh okay it. you know the things the americans right. have for putting butter in their coffee that most of us found absolutely yeah. repellent but actually it's meant to be quite good yeah. it's the same sort of thing and you end up making yourself a coffee that uh, pretty much fills you up without uh, uh without having a meal okay. that's the general okay. gist of it it's one of those good right. things mm. i was thinking um about um, you know how you hear all this stuff about the NHS being overwhelmed and about how you know doctors go, going on strike and nurses going on strike and um, how increasingly doctors receptionists are going to be <laughs> diagnosing you and dealing with you to keep you away from the doctor and I was thinking wouldn't it be fantastic if if all this meant people were, were spending less and less time in the poison system i mean how many lives could be saved if if the nhs just collapsed and nobody used um rockefeller medicine anymore yeah well it's um wising up and sort of doing your own research as they say um is yeah. is, is key to it our friend um who uh you know quite well andy recently uh got diagnosed initially diagnosed himself with um, yeah. type 2 diabetes. He was getting up constantly, yeah. peeing in the night and various other things. Diagnosed himself quite successfully because he went to the doctor as well and said, look, I, yeah. I think I've got this. G give me the tests and everything. Um, but in the meantime, he, he knew what to do. He'd read enough and he eliminated all sugars from his diet. He cut out the beer altogether, um, ate a whole ton of cabbage, um, basically completely changed his diet overnight and and he nailed it within two months 
Uh, but meanwhile, his doctor had prescribed him whatever the standard uh, uh, pill medicine. Yeah, some some type. byproduct of of, of um, oil. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, some added poison. So when he went back for his his next test. The yeah. doctor was delighted. He said, your numbers are way down. This is fantastic news. The pills have really been working. He said, uh, I didn't even get the prescription. I didn't even pick it up. And the doctor was like, well, what? <laughs> he said, no, I just changed my diet. And um, it's, uh, I think a lot of people are aware of this one. And, uh, but, but there's other things like that. And I was thinking about this the other day. The NHS should be paying you to join a gym not not sorting you out when you're ill if they really cared for our health gym membership would be free but you'd pay for the um for hospital treatment yeah not the other yeah. way around i you, you know my, my 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 theory on 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 smoking that that so i've just been as you know i've just been been traveling and um I'm gonna, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that, that that in a moment. But I noticed that on my travels, the best the best conversational moment. You, you know what it's like when you're when you're traveling, you know, particularly when you're staying in a in a hotel, and you kind of feel slightly resentful of the other guests, and you sort of you know you eye each other warily, and you sort of make make judgments on them and and and, and things like that, and everyone else is sussing out you and deciding whether they they like you or they think you're a tosser and stuff, and the 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 ice breaking moment in every case was was the, so it's not just in England that that, that the war on smoking is ha happening that that apparently if you go to Tokyo for example I mean I, I thought I thought if there was one country that was never going to give up smoking it'd be it'd be Japan because because Japanese just like well throughout the East don't they that they, they smoke like they smoke like chimneys. But apparently, if you go to Tokyo now, the, the only place you can smoke are these sort of tiny little sort of bunker areas where where you, you're treated like a complete, complete pariah. And it's the same. It's the same. I was I was in Singapore, and there was this tiny designated strip of of gravel, and you have to you you, know, you have to stand on the gravel. If you if you step outside the gravel, you're going to get the the fascist police coming down on you like a ton of ton of bricks. So we went into this into this this fascist smoking area, and this this Chinese bloke appears and and and, and pulls out this elegant, very elegant packet. Of, I I thought communist cigarettes would be like grim and 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 sort of made with I don't know sort of ground up ground up horrors, but they were beautiful, slim slim cigarettes with this sort of uh, where the filter is. There's sort of golden golden lettering and stuff really 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 nice and this 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 was a, a mainland chinese who, who worked in the offshore oil and gas in, industry and like i couldn't his english was quite limited so i couldn't work out whether it was actually his company or not but he was moving out to to, to singapore and he he offered me one of his his chinese cigarettes so I, I smoked it smoked it with him and i was thinking you'd never get this conversation if you didn't if you didn't have that that sense of camaraderie that smokers smokers have, and I'm I'm convinced that the real reason, because we know that the powers that be, the the cabal, the the predator class, they don't give a, a flying toss about about our our health. They, they, you you can rule that 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 possibility out. No, they've instantly. got a vested interest in us not being it, healthy. 
Yeah, exactly. And they do it every which way. They, they poison us with chemtrails and, and they poison our water supply and they poison us through, through vaccines and, and everything else. So, so they're not trying to stop us smoking because they care about our health. What they want is to stop us being able to to have chats about stuff and you have really good chats again so we were staying in this in this fancy hotel uh, and again there was a sort of a little smoking area around around the corner because you couldn't i suppose this is the way things are going that i'm sure they didn't want to do it to their smoking guests but but it's just the way um and just great conversations as people it's like it's like like turning up to a party and and there are people who want to want to want to want to chat to you smokers are just like you know, there's another element like to it, because we, we have it a lot in uh, a Third Wednesday. The smoking area at the barn in Ledbury is a, it's kind of a covered, it's a, a, a kind of a plant showroom during the day. Um, but it, it's yeah. semi-covered. It's quite a pleasant place to be, especially on a, on a summer evening. And um, you're, you're going out there for a limited period of time. So it's almost like a, a sort of, you're grabbing yourself a five-minute party. And you can drop whatever you're doing inside, no matter who you're talking to. And you've got this little impromptu gathering of the cool kids. And it, yeah. it's kind of time limited, which is another nice thing about it. it it's, uh, it's not like you're going to be stuck there. But you inevitably end up having the best conversations of the evening out there. Because, as you say, all, all the cool kids smoke. This is this is why, by the way, I'm uh, one of the reasons I'm 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 so missing the the, the hunting season because one of the one of the best things about about hunting is exactly that time limited thing that you have these chats with people and you you, you know there's you're not going to run out of things to say because any moment you could that you you, the, the, you, you, could, you know, the, the horses gallop off and you and you're with a completely different different crowd it's it's mm. it's, it's great it takes all that takes all the social pressure off you yeah. I um, incidentally. So, so no, carry, yes. carry on. I'll save it for later. I wasn't. I wasn't. No, tell me your thing. Um, I, when you phoned earlier to see about whether or not we could do a podcast, I was, as you know, drifting yeah. through Worcester, and um, there's a, a place that I've become a bit of a regular at. It's called Minute Massage. So can you imagine a, yeah. a pop-in shop where you can just go in, literally grab ten minutes of massage, and they get straight to it. And um, so it's lying. Hmm? It says a minute massage, and it actually gives you ten you minutes. You pay by the minute. Like you should sue them. It's a pound a minute. You see, this is you should sue them on this trade This is what they're up against. This this narrow mindedness. Now, basically, the, your, your minute is for free. Your first two minutes, in fact, are free, just so that you can back out if you oh, oh, oh actually. But that's the that, that's the consultation me. period where, where where they're trying to decide: Have you got any injuries? Have you no, got no, no, no? They, they, they they start the timer when they start the treatment. The the, the consultation oh. period is uh, you know, is, is there anything terrible wrong with you? Is all beforehand. Anyway, I'm getting on really well with the uh, the Australian guy who runs it, and we 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 put the world to rights before and after. But uh, he's completely sorted out my back for the afternoon so when when i would normally be doing your sort of thing you know trying to do a, an interview like this or what have you or, oh yeah or, but um i I'm, I'm feeling i'm feeling good about my back right now i've been through about three or four weeks of really bad back i think it's something to do with chopping logs with this arm but yeah my, my minute massage guy in in worcester i'd just like to big him up and, and recommend everyone uh, grab themselves 10 minutes with him because you know for a tenner you can't go far wrong is is he is he awake? 
I was starting to touch on this because he was he, he was having a moan about various things, and it kind of alludes to your smoking conversations with uh, with your fellow guests at the hotel. What are the probing questions that you ask? Uh, and then there's a whole other set of questions about um, uh, about faith. You know, it's sort of the best thing to do is to accidentally bump into a completely wide awake Christian. Uh, you know that you've hit pay dirt at that point, but just wide awake is pretty pretty good. So, uh, w w what are your go-to questions for for probing? You've got five minutes, and you want to find out whether someone's awake. Um, oh, I'm I'm really unsubtle. I just I just go for the most <laughs> obvious. I, I I I just just like like yeah. Uh, I'm unvaxxed. Um, the, the yeah. I think that the thing was a. Uh, Hello, I'm James. I'm unvaccinated. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that that kind of thing, and then you move on to the the fact that the whole of so we had dinner with the owner of the hotel because we were we were on this kind of pretty much a freebie because because we're both both writing about an amazing an amazing hotel called called the Datai uh, on this island called Langkawi, which is in in Malaysia. And it's a it's a sort of paradise island. It's it's it's, it's very lovely, and and the the Datai is owned by the Malaysian government, and they've just bagged the best part of the island. They've bagged this sort of pristine pristine rainforest, and they've got the best beach on the island. It's, I mean, it's it's so wrong in so many ways because you know you, as, a, as a as a backpacker, you're never going to experience this thing. It's it's just for the well, there's a selling the, point the, already. The, There's no backpackers there. Yeah, yeah, well, that that that's true. Although I think we might have felt differently had we been been at that backpacker stage well, of, of our lives. Of course, we've been there, yeah. but we've moved on. Yeah, yeah exactly. So tough titty backpackers, and um, we, we 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 had we had, we had dinner, and I and I went straight into the the um, the, the, the the COVID stuff because they, they, they had to they had to close down the hotel for a year. Mm -hmm. For a whole year, can you imagine what that? What that? I I worked out that they they had a refurbishment in in twenty eighteen, and it cost I think sixty million dollars. And as you can imagine, in in the tropics, I suppose you got to do it everywhere, really. That that when you when you run a hotel like that, you've got to factor in refurbishment of rooms because in tropical climates the the floors warp and things like that and the air conditioning systems break down so you've got to you've got to constantly renew this this stuff and i was thinking when are they going to when are they going to get a return on their on on their that that capital outlay and then i started doing the maths and i reckon that that hotel must be bringing in about grossing about 50 million a year I mean, that's just 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 my just my 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 guess so they would have lost in the in the in the the pandemic that wasn't a pandemic year they'd have lost 50 million straight mm -hmm. and they kept all their staff on which is very nice of them they 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 they're on, on full salaries throughout that time wow. which i can't imagine many many places were able to do um where am i going with this yeah so we so we so we had this dinner and and he was a frenchman and and he was uh, so I told him told him what my theories on the on the pandemic you know that it that I didn't I didn't I didn't go I didn't go full black pill I gave him a pretty red pill account I said that the reason that they they invented this fake pandemic was because they wanted to shut down the global economy while they 
covered their covered their tracks with all the money they've been stealing off us, so, which, which is the sort of the Catherine Austin Fitz theory of it. I mean, I I didn't go into death jabs. I didn't go into the fact that this is this is actually a population cult. So mm-hmm. that, that was a step too far because he was obviously uh, annoying. But but I, and and, and I, I I cited the the England and Wales more uh, age age adjusted mortality statistics going back to the 1930s and I pointed out that in every year prior to 2009 the age adjusted mortality was higher than it was in the alleged alleged deadly deadly covid year of 2020 and so he says to me well that that may have been the case in England but I, I don't think in Italy and in France and um, so it, it, there was definitely a, an, an increase in the blah 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 and I said, oh, oh, really? Right, okay. And so, so I, I then sort of googled the, that evening. the the death figures for France straight onto the computer. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and for once, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get told off by the, by the wife, which is what you normally do when you get when you're looking at your Telegram or your your Twitter on holiday. Um, and sure enough, <laughs> the, the the figures were much the same as as in England. That certainly. Up until the 1970s, at least, you know, so within this guy's lifetime, there were there were way more way more deaths than there were in the deadly pandemic year of, of 2020, and, and and yet mysteriously they didn't ch- close down the French economy at all. They didn't force everyone to wear masks. It, it, I, people are people are so so misinformed, and yet this inv- this information is out there. It's, is it's, um, it's, do, do France have a, a, a an ONS like us, and is theirs compromised like ours? Quite possibly. Is. Well, it is now, but but the ONS was not only started being compromised from about I think twenty twenty one onwards. Mm. So before that, it was kosher, and I'm sure that's the case of a lot, a lot of things. I mean, the, the, I think what we've experienced in the last three years is an acceleration of a trend that was always evident in the media did we but know it um which is that that it is a lie machine but it's become an even more shameless lie machine than it was no, because they've you seen look, that look, they can get example, away with back, absolutely anything yeah you 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 look back to the the swine flu years which and swine flu was a, was a dry run it was a sort mm-hmm. of test run for covid to see how much shit they could get away with and you you had institutions like Channel 4 questioning the, the necessity for these vaccines and calling out the fact that children were getting narcolepsy as a result of these, these vaccines. And they, 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 they had not got a sufficiently brainwashed populace to be able to get away with, with such shameless lying. And, and, and to a degree, the media still did its job. Uh, as evinced by by Channel, by Channel Four, which, which which is now completely on board with the with the the whole lie program. Well, it gave them a chance to make sure that all the media was um, on side as well, but uh, between between then and uh, and the next one, um, and you know the 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 sleight of hand of um, taking out full page wraparounds on all the papers uh, as a means ostensibly yeah. of getting the message out to the people, but of course you know. If you're a failing newspaper, you're rubbing your hands with glee at that at the amount of money that's bringing in. Yeah, is there any other kind? The, the failing newspaper is almost redundant. No, failing. Have you seen? Have you have you seen Tucker Carlson's recent some of his interviews? He's been saying about the, there was the one where he talked about 
how Jeffrey Epstein was definitely, definitely killed in prison, definitely murdered in prison. And that Bill Barr, who I think was the US Attorney General at the time, lied blatantly about it. And, and, and he goes into details about exactly how they, you know, it was obvious that, I mean, stuff, stuff that we know, like the, the, the cameras being turned off and, and the, 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 the section it, it, uh, he was in being sort of closed off and there being, there being 14 inmates in, in that section, any, any one of whom could have, could have offed him. And, and now there is no evidence of you know, where are these people gone. We don't know their, their names or identities. Anyway, it was really interesting hearing somebody like Tucker Carlson saying this because he's got he's he's got prominence he's got he's got presence and I, I know people on our side of the argument say um well tucker's not to be trusted he 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 volunteered to join the cia when he was younger his dad i think was 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 possibly cia he's he's he's, he's preppy he's part of the system he's definitely controlled opposition or a gatekeeper or, or, or whatever but some of the things he, he he's been saying gel so very much with my own experiences that this this thing we 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 journalists get accused of is seeing how how can you possibly have not known that 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 you were that the media is a lie machine and the answer is well we genuinely didn't we genuinely didn't i, I mean if i'd been american of, of Tucker carlson's generation i might i too might have thought that working for the CIA was kind of a cool thing. And, no, uh, if you'd and, been approached by MI5 I, I, when you were at Oxford, for instance, you, you, you'd have been in like Flynn, wouldn't you? Well, I'd certainly have been tempted because I would have seen James Bond. Yeah. And James Bond Which tells is, us is that, why that they try to make it all look so cool. You know, like, you've got this thing, this the, the Union Jack, the, 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 the Union flag, because... Um, and and it's great because we have this fantastic empire and it's really worth d defending because because we are one of the bastions of freedom and and magna carta i mean you know the, the sort of article that dan hannon writes every other week uh, uh, over the anglosphere and and winston churchill it, it, all this all this lie stuff we're told which which uh, and, and don't get me on to the royal family the, the the idea that we are we've won the lottery in life and it's great and 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 we do freedom and whereas the russians and the chinese don't and 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 we're great and so it, it it's i think until you until you wake up it's so so hard to to um to, to to go against the paradigm because because you've been brainwashed since you, you were born pretty much I was noting on today on Twitter that there was someone lamenting the fact that there's um, some of us who um, were awake to the COVID lie, awake to the climate change lie, um, uh, and awake to other big lies, but they've fallen for the royalty thing. They're they're still out being flag wankers and uh, you know sort of like flag, well, flag wankers. What it, do you say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't care what anyone says. Uh, it's a, I'm proud to be British and the proud of our royal family. Say what you like about Prince Charles, but the monarchy is such a great institution. And it's um, it, it's a little bit awkward because they're a bit like those of us who are awake, who who don't get the Ukraine part of the uh, of the whole jigsaw. You know, they yeah. they can be ticking every box, and yet they're they're still flag wankers for Ukraine. 
Um, you know, they've they've got the Ukraine flag on their bios, and you, and you just sort of want a facepalm because it, it's all connected. It's all part of the same psyop, and just by being awake to one or two of the things, you don't necessarily get on board with all of them. So, uh, you know, the, yes. the, the the whole coronation thing was just another another test to see to 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 check your to check your purity. Yes. I was thinking about, I, I was going to bring that one up actually, you know Christopher Monkton? Hmm. Christopher Monkton, who's been an absolute stalwart in the the climate wars, that, that he's, I, I often used to see him at conferences at the, the Heartland Institute in, in the US, the, the sort of skeptics organisation, and every year they have a conference where all the kind of, the, the sceptical scientists, all the, uh, you know, atmospheric physicists and geologists like Ian Plymer and stuff, people who know they've got solid evidence that climate change is complete, complete bollocks and, and, and so on. And Moncton's, he, I've been in debates with him, uh, you know, with him on my team and you know, I think I had one with Moncton and, and Nigel Lawson and, and me at the Oxford Union and so on and so forth. And people say, oh, well, why didn't you get him on your podcast? But the problem is that he's, he's bought into the, the whole... Covid was real and vaccines are necessary. Bollocks! Mm. And you think, hang on a second, you 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 understand how they lied to us about climate change? Why is it that you think that that, that just that one field is 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 the area where they lied to us? And in every other other aspect of our lives, they they tell us the truth. How does that work? Yeah, it, it's a frustrating one. I mean, the assumption is you 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 wake up and that's it. But there's so many elements to it, and. Uh, uh, consistency is is not a given, unfortunately. No, I suppose in the the flag wanker ca categories, you, you, you'd sadly have to include people like Calvin Robinson. Cal Cal Calv is is completely on board with the royal family being a great thing, isn't he? And I, I for me, well, it's a, a lot bit of these of a people tell. say they've got to they've got to guard their living. You know, they've got to guard their slots on GB News. Uh, peace be upon them, and. Um, it's uh, uh, to some extent you can only sympathise that they will say no doubt that yes I believe all the stuff that you believe but I've got to play a, a more careful game than you have I've got more to lose so, is that what uh, they say? I, I think it's pretty much what a lot of them I would say I think they believe it what, what, what's the difference I when, you know, when, when they, if they believe one thing and they say another while they're, they're behind the camera in front of the camera rather yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I, I do find it. I do find it mystifying that once you once you make the connections, everything seems to me comprehensible. That you you have this grand universal theory of everything, which can be applied to to, for example, any so-called conspiracy theory. Well, you, you, because the the mo is the same, isn't it? It's every time. It's it's they respond by insulting you calling you a conspiracy theorist a tinfoil hat and stuff setting up and, straw and man arguments and, and, all the time yeah yeah i mean the andrew it's, bridgen it's thing I don't, I don't know where you're currently standing on the andrew bridgen thing whether he's a gatekeeper controlled opposition or what have you but uh, the 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 way spiked have suddenly gone under in, in, as far as they are now creatures of the establishment having been living marxism they are. They've now completed their uh, transformation to um, 
that they might as well be trigonometry now and uh, that's possibly I think the worst they thing are. you can say about anyone but uh, it, it's um, I've, forgotten what I, I've forgotten where I was going with this now but uh, <laughs> making the spiked trigonometry connection will, will well I think now. that's a good one dear. I think we should call them spiked tonometry because because that's what they are it, it, it's um, yeah. Sorry, the way that they, they were using the Andrew the, the Andrew Bridgen thing, they were trotting out this line of well, Andrew Bridgen compared uh, COVID to the uh, Holocaust, and of course, if you compare anything to the Holocaust, you're a, you're a Nazi. So um, you know, job done. You you you've said the unsayable, and that will forever be used as the one line to trot out. And of course, we know he did nothing of the sort. But by the time you're defending that argument, you're already on the back foot. And so he yeah. spends all his time explaining why he never said that, and he'd be prepared to take you to court to prove he didn't say it. But you're already away from the subject matter by then. You're you're already not talking yeah. about COVID. You're talking about one of the sacred cows, the Holocaust. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's 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 horribly, horribly true and depressing. I, I went. I'm sure you remember. I, I went on a. I, I went to Radley, with with um, Brendan O'Neill. Yeah. And and we were sort of. Um, we were invited by this by this rather cool teacher called Steve Steve Rathbone, who's 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 very keen on uh, who's a who's a, a, a proper Christian among other things but but he's he's very keen on exposing these privileged boys to to interesting and edgy ideas which they might not not otherwise encounter in their in their sort of comfortable circles and so we went along to to fire a rocket up their asses and and I mean it was great being with Brandon and and, and we, we, it seemed that although he 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 comes allegedly from the from from Marxism, hoary-handed son of toil. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and 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 he's 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 good at making the cases for whatever he does. And I I thought we're 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 on the same team, and I don't I really don't understand how somebody like that can now be shilling. If that's what they're doing for for the pharmaceutical industry, and it makes me wonder about the business model of spite, which I would suspect. Is partly dependent on finance from America or something. Um, some somebody obviously had a word, but how how they can I, I don't understand how it can work for them in the in the long term or even the medium term actually. When, when if if your shtick is we are going to say stuff that the establishment doesn't want you to say, and we're we're against the system and stuff, and then then to be calling out anyone who wants to wants to speak to speak the truth about about vaccine injuries as a conspiracy theorist even i mean now of all times uh, how how are they going to go on how how does how does their readership i mean how can their readership live with themselves from reading this crap well from, from the or sound of the readership the reaction of twitter they're, they're abandoning them in their droves but i'd love to see that borne out in it with a few figures but you you'll never know you'll never work out uh whether or not whatever their financial model was is suffering. Well, exactly, because because have we reached the point where the people who finance institutions like Spiked uh, don't don't even bother writing in writing in a, a sort of clause about 
your your traffic needs to be above a certain amount. Maybe yeah. maybe all the only thing that matters is 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 for them to be on message, and yeah. they just it's just another. Well, it, well it's 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 like gonna, the, they're not going to buy me. It's like the the various institutions now that uh, um, don't seem to need to make money anymore. Like like the BBC, we all know that we are hurting them by uh, um, not paying our license fees, but they're almost certainly going to do a sleight of hand bit at the last minute and say, yeah, we've decided that we will stop the license fee and we're, we're going to fund them directly from uh, central taxation. So uh, we're going to keep the institution that everyone in this country loves and respects um, for their honesty and integrity because it's unthinkable a Great Britain without the BBC. So we are just going to fund them through direct taxation now and we're going to do yeah. away with the license fee which is outdated. And everyone's going to say, oh, it's, it's been a long time coming. It was a very old-fashioned way of funding it and I think that's quite reasonable. So the fact that we were hurting them will never be acknowledged. It, it will never be a case of um, at this rate we will have no money coming in at all because their money is not coming from us. It, they're, they're being funded from everything, from, from Bill Gates to Soros and to, to the EU. All the other payments that we know have been gradually taking over from what we've withdrawn. Uh, they, they don't need our money. And it's, a lot of the big corporations don't seem to need to make a profit anymore. So where is yes. all this dark money coming from? Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's like um, ESG that... I was I was having a conversation with the with the wife this morning and 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 she's still got this faith in 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 the paradigm which says that uh, get woke go broke that she 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 believes that that the businesses which which lose sight of the bottom line will eventually be punished for it in the form of you know a, a reduced share price and, and and so on but it seems to me that the the, the market has now been so captured by BlackRock, which is behind a lot of the ESG policies, that that companies and and you've probably got the pension uh, the, the the people who who um, run the pension funds who are, who who will buy the shares in these companies regardless. They're not going to leave in their dress. And after all, it's the institutional investors who count. So 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 retail investors like like us, you know the. the even if even if all the retail investors are awake and 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 move move away from woke companies, I don't think it's going to make any difference. So the the the, the, the shining example, example at the moment would be um, Bud Light, from. wouldn't it? No, the, the the Bud Light debacle with Dylan Mulvaney. If, were you following that from um, your uh, Paradise Island? Um. Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney is this, this man, isn't he? Who pretends he? to be a who, woman, to be a advertising woman. A, a drink that's pretending to be a beer. Um, they, Bud Light got in this Harvard grad girly who thought the best thing to do, now she's in charge of this particular brand, would be to detoxify it by making it less jock-like and uh, uh, less macho. So what better way than get... Um, uh, pretend girly Dylan Mulvaney to uh, his face printed on a can uh, and yeah. therefore selling it as the the chosen beer of the trans community um, it hasn't exactly gone down very well to the point where at, at baseball matches and football matches the stand selling Bud Light in its very distinctive blue can are 
absolute ghost towns. You know, there's no one going near them. Sales in in off licenses have fallen to almost zero. The um, it's it been absolute carnage. Uh, the price uh, that Anheuser Busch's share price has been down in the billions. Uh, it, it it should be utter carnage. But I was just wondering whether you had a sort of uh, an even further down the rabbit hole take on whether or not it's contrived, whether or not it's uh, they knew exactly what they were doing, whether it's a, an opportunity to get the share price down to get a few more people in to buy. I or... don't know. But my mind was, was actually boggling at the concept of something which is even lighter than Budweiser. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like diluted cat piss, isn't it? And, and and then so you've got you this must be like homeopathic cat piss. Uh, homeopathic the, the, cat the, the, piss. There you go. That's what it must be like. And and yet it is yeah. the the beer of choice for um red blooded Americans to, to drink while they're watching their their sporting is it? things. Yeah. Is it a, is it like a, the equivalent of a session lager? Yeah. It's a watered down so you can drink lots, lots more. Well I I think I don't think light is meant to be the alcohol content. I think it's just a, a light in taste. I think that's a, a mistake a lot of us make to think it's either um low alcohol or, or diet. But I I don't think it's the same as that. I think their light beers are just a sort of light drinking, easy going session well, what we'd call a lager. Yeah, I don't know enough about I've got it. To tell it's not you. something that would ever pass my lips uh, as an ale drinker, but uh, that it, it, apparently it was once quite popular. Do you? I've, I've, I've got to do. I've got to do a London calling this after late, later on today. I haven't listened to and, one of those for ages. No, well, this is the thing. I so so. I'm. I'm. Do you think it matters that I say things here? That I, that I talk about things here that I'm also going to talk about on London Calling. Do you think... I mean, well, I don't think you'll get I, the Toby line from me, so uh, you, you, you can run things past me to see what reaction you get, but I, but I, I, I won't be giving you the... Um, oh, don't worry, it's all a cock-up and it will be sorted out soon when uh, uh, the next wonderful Tory Prime Minister comes in, or if we get Boris back or something like that. Yeah. That would be great, wouldn't it? Good old Boris. One thing you're going to have to do with Toby is make sure he um, sticks to his um, promise that he will never vote Tory again. Because I remember during the debacle that some are calling the pandemic, he um, he, he said, well, if if they don't release re reduce restrictions in this next announcement, I will never vote Tory again. And of course they didn't. But uh, he needs to be held to that. I've got a feeling he will vote Tory again, and probably has done already. Yes, he's, he's probably he's probably bought talk Tory futures, and and he's he's just yeah. It's I don't know. It, it seems almost cruel to be talking about. It's tragic to be talking about Toby really. Um, I, I I I think that if if the the Conservatives um, came round to his house and just killed his dog. Um, whatever his latest dog is, that he'd still he'd still vote for them. He would, he would because he's just he wouldn't he wouldn't go John Wick um, on them. He wouldn't he wouldn't go, he wouldn't would he? He really wouldn't. <laughs> it really would be the worst ever remake of John Wick, wouldn't it? Assassins come in <laughs> they, to kill Toby, but all they manage to do is kill his dog, and so Toby yeah. goes on a. A wild revenge thing of, oh, like, oh, you know, oh, of forgiving revenge. them. Yeah, for, 
because it was just a bit of a cock up, a little bit of a misunderstanding. Yes, it was. It was. They, <laughs> they, they, bought, it. they bought him another dog. Everything's good now. <laughs> We've all learned from yeah. the experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, vote Tory. Yeah, exactly. And and by the way, isn't Jacob Rees Mogg the most fantastic TV presenter? I mean, I, I was on his inaugural show and he was just, he was so professional. And you're thinking, hang on a second. This guy that you're really pleased to be on his show, um, th- this guy is is in the cabinet of this regime, which is which is poisoned lots and lots of of, of people. People are people are going to be dying for the next next years and decades because of this this thing that the government forced them to take. Meanwhile, the government rewarded lots of cronies with these. PP contracts and stuff for which we're going to be paid paying for for years in the form of massive massive taxes and they're fully behind these things like 15 minute cities where where every every city is going to be turned into a kind of a, a simulacrum of the of the the districts in the hunger games and um they're, they're taking away our, our our cars that work and forcing us to drive electric cars that we can't afford and, and anyway there isn't enough charging points and and on and on and, and they're trying to drag us into war with with russia over over a over a gangster child trafficking adrenochrome state uh, ukraine and, and and so on and so forth and and you're thinking i love this guy because he talks a really good game and he's got this great show on gb news it, it, it i mean how do, how do you rationalize that attitude what um, yeah, but it's, it's it's trying to get back into the normie mindset, isn't it? It, it? It's a tough one. I mean, the further we go down the rabbit hole, um, the, the the more difficult it is to to understand how the normies think. Um, I mean, it, some time ago I talked about that thing when Neo is uh, in the Matrix, when he's uh, back out. He, he's been artificially placed back in the matrix and he sees everything for what it is i mean it i i still feel that when i'm walking down the high street i feel i'm the only person walking in that particular direction and everyone else is walking the other way and um which is why it's so nice when you you meet someone who who is awake but normie world is um you know it, it it's very enticing it, it it's that blue pill that gives you the most delicious steak you've ever eaten even though you know it's just a bunch of zeros and ones have you tried catching bullets? Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of bullets here, actually. Do you want to hear my little bullet story? Yeah, yeah, tell me. Right, see this? This is a strip of bullets that yeah. feed a Saint-Étienne machine gun, yeah? And I've been, yeah. been cleaning those up. And uh, th- this is one dirty bullets from a Hotchkiss. So these were World War One French machine guns that were strip-fed. Yeah. You can see that these I've been cleaning nicely. So I had these at a show I was at the other day. And this is a complete red herring now from what we were talking about. And, and one of my fellow reenactors said, oh, I saw a strip like that in a, an antique shop in, in Oxfordshire the other day. I thought that's really, really unlikely. Why would an Oxfordshire antique shop be selling uh, French machine gun ammunition? Because we had one nicked from a, a, one of our shows. We did this Dunkirk event where 
uh, it was one of the small ships from Dunkirk was appearing at this event and we were going to be on it and um, having rides on it and pretending that we had been rescued from the beach at Dunkirk and this was resting in one of our wooden machine guns and we had a friend keep an eye out for it because this is a really valuable piece of kit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, some scumbag member of the public stole it. He just pocketed it and, and disappeared with it. So this was uh, 2019 and this friend saying he'd seen one somewhere in the same county, I said, I guarantee you that is ours. Uh, and I, I sent him to buy it. Um, 35 quid is worth four times that. Um, and uh, sure enough, it, it was our our stripper bullet. Mine, mine and my friend Christopher, we'd, we'd bought that thing. And um, so the the owner of the antique shop said, oh, I, I, I can't remember who brought it in or, uh, you know, it was part of a job lot thing. I, I honestly can't remember. But I, you know, whether he was uh, that, he, he would say that, wouldn't he? Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I wasn't going to pursue it. I've, I've got my, my bullets back. But, uh, sorry, you're mentioning bullets immediately made me... No, with the, for 35 quid, that that's, that's a very interesting story. That's possibly the best anecdote of the show so far, <laughs> so I'm really glad. And what, what, sort, of, what sort of noise do, do the machine guns make? Well, they, they're not the dagger, 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 dagger that you might think. I mean, yeah. say uh, an, an MG42 the ultimate World War II machine gun, uh, yes. apparently sounded like ripping cloth. The rate of fire yes. was so intense, it just sounded like cloth ripping, and it was the most terrifying sound. Yeah. But with a, a gun this old, and bear in mind they're both water, uh, not water-cooled, they're both air-cooled, you don't yeah. want the barrel overheating. Now, although a yeah. machine gun crew will carry spare barrels with them, the yeah. idea is not to have to stop the battle and dismantle your gun to replace a, a barrel that has become warped through overheating. So you're yeah. firing very short bursts. So it's a da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. And, oh, yeah. uh, and you're firing it up to a distance of a kilometer. You've got that much accuracy with these things. Um, and uh, so, so they're not for blatting away like you might in Call of Duty. But if you yeah. are genuinely interested in knowing what they sound like, you should go to Forgotten Weapons on um, you know, Gun Jesus's uh, channel yeah. on, on YouTube because he's really big on his French weaponry. And so he's got an actual Hotchkiss firing, uh, I, I think, the, the, the sound of it. But it's, it's well worth listening to because it's not what you think. Because I was thinking that the, the, the other machine gun you mentioned, I thought the it might make it sound... Yeah, I thought it might go... But only love can break your heart. <laughs> that was that was a lame joke that you were building up to. With what does it sound like, <laughs> you silly boy? Honestly. But yeah, but but Dick, on the way, on the way. To be fair, yeah, yeah you we did got a say story out of it. You you said more interesting stuff. I, it made me happy. I mean, I was it, I wasn't. I think bored the connection is Saint Etienne is where the French arsenal is. So all their weaponry was made in in Saint Etienne um, as an arsenal. And I think obviously the band Saint Etienne are named after the town of Saint Etienne, um, and uh, it's one and the same thing when it comes down to it. Tell us about your your coat because. That's quite yeah, I, I, I'm just going to take the headphones off and show you briefly, yeah. and then I'll talk about it.
Right, so I found this coat online. It's supposedly a 1914 French greatcoat that, that when they were wearing yeah. red trousers and um, uh, red and blue kepis like that. It's the early war look that before they went over to Horizon Blue. And I've been looking to, to buy a repro one and this apparently real one appeared. And I snatched it up, snapped it up rather. And um, it did say the buttons are no longer original and it's been adjusted for a theater. And so I'm still trying to fathom whether I bought an original World War, early World War One French greatcoat or whether I've got some theatrical reproduction. And it's all a bit distressing because uh, it was quite a lot of money and uh, I rather liked the idea of owning an original. So, uh, I'm having to do a lot. I'm having to become an expert very quickly on, on the yes. colours of, of things. Fortunately, I've got these two books, which are the absolute bible of all things World War One French military. About 120 quid's worth of book there. Yeah. But in it, you've got immense amounts of detail and information. And this is this is the capote section that shows you what you should be looking for for detail but you can see that there's two different two different types of blue going on there um yeah there's a lot to unpack but uh yeah what's that, the that, what's that's the one that's not horizon blue called well there was um something like um steel blue and there's a a, a deeper um darker blue i don't know what, what the colors are officially called what have you got there this is what I. This is exactly what I was doing when you called to start this podcast. I was going to try and find out which of those blues this is an approximation of, because you can see it's still on camera now. It's kind of a mid blue. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's it's fraught with. And and you've so. you've worked out that that you've got um, um, seven days. From the, from yeah, the day of so um, I, I, I could conceivably return this. I, I'm, I'm through most of those seven days now. Whether or not I, I, I say, look, I, I don't think it is what uh, what you're advertising it as, and uh, take it back, or whether I just wear it as a um, an early war French great coat anyway, and just say it's a repro. So uh, it, it, that's the decision I'm due to make. I, I will make adjustments to it. I will do some sewing, and I will change the epaulettes and the buttons and various other things. yes but 400 quid's a lot to pay for a for a, if, it, if it is just repro, a repro right? would cost me 350 quid oh okay and, I, uh, and i'd be in a on a waiting list all, all the good stuff is currently coming from ukraine there's some tailors in ukraine that are churning stuff out and um they, I, I bought some quite nice uh a 1940 kit from them some pantalon golf what do you think pantalon golf are um, golfing trousers. Yes, but for my 1940 uniform, so it, it's very much they, they look like quite severe plus fours. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that that that's the 1940 look for the French uniform. So 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 the Ukrainian economy isn't just um, adrenochrome, traffic children, uh, and biolab products. It's all of it's that and reinforcement equipment. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, wow. fantastic. What a thrive. So there economy. is hope for the Ukraine after all. Yeah. Um, you've just reminded me of something which is still quite a sore um, point with me. I'm, I'm, I'm still sort of, I'm, you know, you know that thing where where you you're, you say to yourself, "I'm, I'm not going to worry about the things I can't change." 
and, that, and mm. that's where I am now. So, so I the other day I bought a a secondhand car, um, and I, I maybe I should have spent more. Maybe I should have been ready to spend more rather than be a cheapskate. I I, I only spent six thousand quid in the end, and I wanted a replacement for my Freelander. Um, is it free whatever whatever battered model of, of Land Rover I'd got, which is, which had done a hundred and it had done like one hundred eighty thousand miles, and 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 the, the gearbox was about was had gone, and it was and and it was going to be three and a half grand to just to replace the gearbox, and I thought well not with a car that's done that many miles, so I was asking my I asked my friend James Rupert, who is the the, the second hand car guru, and he's written a book called. Bangonomics and, and stuff. He knows all about it, and he and he said, "Yeah, so well, the, 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 here are some models you want to think about getting. One is the Toyota Rav, another is a Subaru, another is th- this and that." And uh, and I thought, well, I quite like the sound of the Toyota Rav because I like I liked the idea that the Toyota is is the 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 model that the the the, the brand that the um, the Taliban drive and that mm-hmm. and that and. The, the Toyota Hilux, I think it's called. The, the, yeah. all, the, all, all these um, the in Libya um, vehicle the, the, of choice. Yeah, because because they're they're low maintenance. They they, they you, you can put things together with pirated parts and stuff. And and I was thinking a, for a heavy it, machine gun on the roll bar. That's what I want. That's what I wanted. Like I, I couldn't get that anywhere. But so so I so I I saw that this Toyota Rav. Well, actually, James pointed me to this garage and selling Toyota Rav. So I, I drove over to Bedfordshire to this. It wasn't it wasn't a garage. It was a it, it wasn't there was no showroom or anything. It was just a yard, and and it was full of cars, and it took the wife along. It took took about an, uh, over an hour to get there. So I, I, I was I, I didn't really want to drive home again, not having bought a car, which is always a mistake. I think if you, I think you've got to be prepared not not to go. No, for you've got it. to and be I prepared to walk away. Thought, That's got to be your default setting. Yeah, and 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 I was punished for this. I was punished for this. And and the, so the 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 garage was run by this these these Muslims of of of, of some some variety. I imagine probably you know sort of Pakistanis, um, and. Weirdly, rather stupidly, I thought, well, these are people of faith. <laughs> you know, he he had the sort of the Muslim music going on in the in the background, Muslim radio going on at, 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 when we were signing up, signing up, uh, doing all the paperwork and stuff. And I thought, well, these people are men of God. They're not going to. They're not going to be. They're going to do the right thing. And of course, that was that was not actually a, a very <laughs> wise assumption. And. Uh, they they basically lied about the about things like the the roadworthiness of the car, and um, as I discovered when I, I I I so I bought the car for six grand and took it back to back to my garage where I get or get my car fixed, and they looked it over and said, well, I'm sorry, you the, you can't drive this car; it's unsafe to drive. The 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 brakes are just absolutely. The, the the front and rear sliders. I don't. Know, do you know what sliders are on brakes? I don't know what a slider is. No. No. Anyway, uh, in order to be able to use the car, I had to spend uh, over four hundred quid getting the sliders repaired and getting it, one of the tires had perished and all the things I, I would have. If I'd known anything about cars, I'd probably have noticed. And I thought, 
this is a nightmare. I've just gone and bought a lemon because I because I didn't want to, I wasn't prepared to walk away and I trusted them being Muslims and, and I, I'm a complete dick. I thought, but one of the things, one of the things that had really, really encouraged me to, to make the purchase, I felt really safe because this, this place was, an, was registered with the AA and, and, and came under the AA code of practice and stuff. And there were big signs saying, oh, well, the AA is going to look after you. The AA is going to make sure that, that, and, so I, I then ring up the AA and and the AA are absolutely bloody they they basically don't give a toss. They're then they really <laughs> it's clear to me that that the, the protection they offer is is just non existent, you know. I mean it, it would have been better for all of us had there not been an AA sign there because I wouldn't then have the faith in my in, in the purchase, which I which I did. I I really pissed off with the AA about this. And uh, I I then inquired via the uh, what's it called the Citizens Advice Bureau. So I, I, I went to the AA and I went to the, to the Citizens Advice Bureau. And do you know what they they, they, they said to me? Um, Don't trust second-hand they car said that, salesmen. Oh, no, they said although I would have been I would have been protected. I would have been able to return the car because there are various reasons why you can return a car, and one of them is. This car was unfit for purpose. It was not as sold. It was not roadworthy. Which is, which is what your but car was. Guess, but, but guess what? Because you've you've by, had things done to it, it's no longer. By by the getting system. the things repaired, I invalidated my consumer rights. Yeah. So I couldn't drive the car. The car was unsafe to drive until my my garage had fixed it. But I but but by getting it repaired, I was not protected. Oh dear, um, it's 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 the same. The, the consumer protection is a complete illusion. The, 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 you know that we had this terrible experience where we had this dodgy financial advisor who who basically took took most of our our life savings and completely shafted us and and, and gave me ten years of abject misery in which I sort of contemplated suicide and stuff. And I'm completely over it now. So one of those things, but it was it was horrible at the time. And the you think well. There are all these, the FCA, the FCA is going to protect you. But when, when it happens to you, what you discover is that the FCA... They give the, you the, the R. Normally, we'd be able to help, but there's a specific provision well, for well, first what this of all, guy has done. Number one, number one, they're only, they're only covered for a certain... Um, amount that you lose i think you're covered up to about eighty thousand and stuff or or whatever but in order to be able to claim that the that you are entitled to this compensation you first have to demonstrate that the guy who ripped you off was a crook that he was he was just not just merely incompetent um and and that he had that and there were loads of people in, in the same position who'd lost mm-hmm. their lost their life savings but the, the the financial crime section sector of the police are so absolutely hopeless that the, the 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 financial crooks run rings about them because you can imagine Rosas can just about maybe at a push solve a murder but when it involves complicated financial things they they just they just not up to it mm-hmm. and so because this guy had not been prosecuted and of course by the way he he he. All the money he'd squirreled, he'd he'd stolen from us. He 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 he'd made it impossible for us to 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 reclaim any of the money. 
No, um, it was hopeless in every single way. Mm-hmm. So, so when you when you go to your go to a financial advisor, and you think you're going to be protected by the FCA charter or whatever, you're not. F- you're not protected FSA, by anything. I think it is, isn't it? Something like oh that. yeah, FSA. The, 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 yeah, it's 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 hopeless. It, it, it would be it would be much better if we lived in an environment where there was no AA sign telling you that that there was oh this this garage follows the AA code of practice and that there was no FCA or FSA protecting you from from dodgy financial advisors because at least then you'd be going into the, these things with an awareness of the risks you are taking and you're basically on your own every time. It's the same with food. I mean, that, that there's um, <laughs> that take cereal for example, which is something I'm just about giving up right now. Having cereal for breakfast for years, we've grown up thinking, well, cereal's good for you, isn't it? it, it it's the best way to start your day. Um, well, ready for it gives you a massive glow all around yeah, you. So, well, <laughs> and uh, Kellogg's wouldn't lie about uh, their product not being good for you i mean it, it surely it's the, it's the best way to start your day and yet it's possibly the worst thing you can be spooning into your mouth in the morning but uh we trust them because they've got various organizations to sign off on these things and it's not until you read the small print that it says as part of a nutritious diet where that, that they're basing their whole statement on the fact that you will probably have this thing with milk which is good for you and uh, of course the cereal part of it isn't uh, little things like that but there's so much things that we trust in institutions and we trust in various organizations that that say things are good for you and we want them to be good for us we, we it's not like they're telling us something we don't want to believe we want to believe these things are good for us all the institutions are part of the con i i've i've become convinced since going down the rubber hole that of all the jobs in the so-called economy, probably 85% are just an absolute con. So you've got the entire medical profession, including including the, all the cancer specialists. I mean, maybe people who fix your broken leg, I mean, they might be more or less okay. Although I'm even suspicious of, of the, you know, had I had my time again, I would not have had a pin put in my shoulder to repair my broken collarbone mm-hmm. because I think that, that, that they're desperate for the work they want that they, they'll always persuade you that you need a pin I don't think I don't think actually you do you do need a pin the bones these these bones re, re, those breaks repair themselves I mean it might be a bit wonky but at least you you haven't got this stupid centipede sort of uh, titanium centipede inside your body forevermore um, so the whole of the medical profession pretty much is it, they're they're pushing poison. They don't know what they're talking about. They just they're, they've been persuaded. They they believe it, but it's but it's bollocks. Um, anyone, of course, in any industry to do with sustainability, the environment, um, uh, diversity, those are all complete complete non jobs. The entirety of academe, complete waste of time. They're just just pushing workism, or whatever. Um, what else? Teachers. They're part of an indoctrination machine, a sort of sort yep. of Bismarcky, and you know to create these uh, um, cogs in the machine. Nothing, nothing more. They're not designed to open your minds or tell you about it. The, the, the stuff they tell you is just is just again lies. Um, what Any else? Of the major Lawyers, corporations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All lawyers, I'd say. 
Um, what, what are the other big jobs? All so, the media. It's all the media. Exactly, all the media. So I mean, it may I, I may even be most of be, the church. Um, yep, ex- the church. Like ninety-five percent of it, and that's across all denominations. So maybe my suggestion that fifteen percent of the economy was actually worthwhile. Maybe it's just like ten percent. Well, what what that leaves you is small businessmen, like like my massage chap today, who's trying to do his best in a in a world competing against uh, corporations and the people can afford to to rent shops at a loss all around him that price him out of the market. And you know the independents are, are the ones that pretty much. Uh, they're the place you want to be when you go to a cafe. You want an independent cafe. When you, when you're buying your food, you want to be buying it from as close to the farmer as you can get. Um, these are the guys who are being squeezed out by all the what, whatever it is, the eighty-five percent that is um, full of wrongans. I mean, who are good farmers? Uh, I and think not all of them either. No, and no, some no, of them no, are, fu- no. are fully on board with uh, let's stick up some wind turbines and do away with our um, of course they are our rare breed herd because that's too much. Do you know, I've been work. by the way, um, I've been promoted. Um, the, the the sheep farmer who who farms the fields round our house. Mm-hmm. I was his assistant shepherd um, right. because I'm I'm really good at doing things like spotting weak lambs, which need, I. I discovered I discovered a lamb the other day that had something called joint ill, mm. and I called up the I called up the the farmer and I said let's go and I I got the lamb's number and we went around the field and we found the lamb with joint ill and I and I helped collect him and get, get the hold him while the farmer jabbed him and stuff so I saved that lamb's life. Oh, so he was jabbed. Um, he didn't he didn't come around and dispatch him. That would have been a bit harsh. Well, yeah, I, 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 I sometimes get the impression that, that lambs, that, that they, they die so easily that they're not that bothered about whether mm. the odd, odd one gets. So, so on the you kind of get that on, reading the Old Testament as well. You get the idea that a lamb's lot is not a happy one. Well, what, 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 tell me about that bit in the Old Testament. Well, I'm on numbers at the moment, and it seems to be an endless um, God telling Moses uh, that, He's got to find out new ways of uh, sacrificing unblemished lambs for this and that, and there's bullocks for this and uh, and goats for that. It's just that the Old Testament seems to be an endless stream of animal sacrifice. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it gets a bit uh, a bit. Weird although, a bit. although you get to later bits in in the Bible where God makes it clear that he doesn't he's sick and tired of the, of the smell of animal sacrifice he doesn't want it well it's good I, I, hope, I hope to get to that bit uh, obviously what yeah. numbers has got is, is Balaam and the numbers. angel and and the talking um, uh, and the talking Ass. donkey yeah donkey which is great um, yes I'd but, forgotten <laughs> I'd, I'd forgotten that 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 detail um I, I was telling you my my my. Yeah, yeah, my yeah sorry. We got story. distracted on a biblical, um, uh, yeah, biblical red so herring. So I, I spotted ahead of me on on the walk this this white lump, and and um, it turned out, of course, to be a dead ewe, mm. and all the flies were around it, and 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 then further up the field, I found another another dead ewe. So I rang up the the farmer. And I said, you, you've got you've got two dead ewes here. And he said, 
that's terrible. I, 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 was, I was in the field this morning and I didn't spot them. I said, well, maybe they died after you visited because they don't look that bloated. They've got a few flies, but their eyes haven't been pecked out yet. Um, and he said, well, even so, I think that I'm going to promote you to head shepherd because you're doing such a good job. So I'm now head shepherd. Do you get a badge? No, I just get the, the honour of being a head shepherd. I mean, Is there a isn't uniform? Enough? Can you start dressing uh, as a, a kind of like 19th century shepherd or even better, a biblical I, one? I, I am like, a, I, I'm, I'm a biblical one. And what I do is I carry a slingshot yep. um, in to my... To get the wolves away, my, the ravening wolves. My thong. Do I have right. a thong? What do I, what do I wear? Um, yeah. You'd be in, yeah, sandals and just generally loose fitting sort of Hessian, well, not Hessian, that's a 1940s thing. Um, yeah. Can I have um, linen? Linen. It would be most likely be linen. Uh, and, well, wool, obviously, as a shepherd. Coarse wool. Well, yeah, obviously, if it, if it gets cold at night. Yeah. yeah. And, um, a wool, a, a wool jerky. Have... A bit like they had in World War II. I mean, World yeah. War One in the, in the trenches. Where yeah, like those... a sheepskin. So, uh, yeah, all of that. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I expect to see this in action. It's going to be a good new look for you. And a, and a crook. And a crook. Well, if you can maybe maybe look when you're next looking online. Yeah. For, for military outfits. Shepherd cosplay. I wanted, but before we go there, I wanted to um, tell you hmm. about this weird film hmm. that I saw on the plane. Um, which was, so I, I saw um, a film I don't recommend, by the way, Significant Other. <laughs> I've got to tell you about Significant Other, first right. of all, actually. It's got, hang on, I'm just going to look up the name of the actor in it, because I, I, I'd seen him before. Significant Other movie. It's, re it's a really bad film. Um, it's got Jake Lacey. What's Jake Lacey in? You'll know him. I'm not very good on uh, actors and stuff. Yeah, he's in he's in the in the American office. Oh, yeah, I, I, much as I, I I admire that, I I I just don't watch it and haven't even seen a full episode. I've seen enough oh, okay. clips on, well, on YouTube to to have almost seen it all. Okay, I there are going to be spoilers here, but um I think well, I'm probably doing doing viewers rather than me. I'm doing I'm doing the audience a favour I think by sparing them having to <laughs> having to oh he was in I think maybe maybe he was in White Lotus as well um anyway what else has Jake Leslie been in is it Google uh, High Fidelity I've heard what was he in High Fidelity uh, anyway mm. um, so why should I not see this film. Come on, cut to the chase. Okay, so it's it's. I, I thought it was going to be like Deliverance and or Sudden Comfort because it starts out as this film in which this couple go out on the trail into the wet into the redwoods, and you know that something bad's going to happen, and there's a, there's a sort of awkwardness in their relationship because he wants to get he, he's kind of a goofy jockish American, and she's a kind of as is the way with movies these days. She's more knowing and sophisticated than he is, but she's a woman, and. Um, so they go out on this, this, this 
Redwood's trail and, and, and he's all gung-ho and she's slightly reluctant. She doesn't feel, feel safe. And you think that creepy backwards people are going to get them or something. But anyway, it's not that. It turns out, it turns into an alien, alien movie. Um, and this, this, or a bit like Predator, this, this alien scout has come down and he has the ability to, to shapeshift and adopt the, the body of, or adopt the form of the people he's killed. And, um, and... <laughs> My favourite bit of the film is because she's trying to trying to kill him off. This alien who's in, uh, inhabiting her her boyfriend's body, uh, having killed the boyfriend, and there's a oh, point yeah. where she, she's a surfer. She's a right. surfer, and and they're on the Pacific Northwest, the Pacific Northwest, and she goes down to the beach with him. He wants to show off his spaceship, and she spots a great white shark in the surf, and so what she does is she grabs his knife stabs him and then flees into the sea and he goes swimming after her and guess what happens he's he's trailing blood well her <laughs> gambit would be death by great white obviously no no because the shark gets him because he's the one who's bleeding yeah yeah um, no that's what anyway. that, that's that's what i mean but it's it's a very interesting. It's the first film I've I've ever come across where the great white shark has been used as a sort of friendly, uh, a helpful device to to kill the boss. Anyway, the film is crap. Don't don't watch it. But okay, the film that the film that really slightly weirded me out, uh, and I, I I kind of recommend you see it. Although I, in a way I'm going to about I'm going to spoil it for you sort of. Uh, it's called Silent Night. Do you know about this? No. Okay. So Silent Night is one of those movies, a bit like Peter's Friends or Four Weddings and a Funeral, where posh posh people gather at a, a venue and they have sort of emotional clashes and small talk and affairs of the heart. You know, the, all, all the... You know, they have dialogue and shit mm. like that. Um, but the the MacGuffin of this one is that these friends gather at this house for for Christmas, and the, and and you know, there's the inevitable mixed race lesbian couple, and and the, the most successful character is a black guy who's a cancer surgeon in a, in a, in a far more expensive car than I I think ever a can, even a cancer expert would be would be driving, but. But he has it because he's black. So you get all these annoying, annoying woke tropes. Um, these poshos gather together. And, and one of the poshos is Kira Knightley, which is, I imagine, how the film got made. And they've, they've got these, these, these children and stuff and, and who, who are quite sassy and swear a lot. Um, but the premise is that this is their last Christmas ever because everyone is going to die because there is this deadly kind of swirly fog thing which is going around the world and and there are different theories as to what caused this deadly swirly fog thing is it the russians or is it we didn't listen to greta and 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 so on and you don't know this at first gradually you become aware that something is overhanging this 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 festive this festive event um and what's, what, what's interesting about this film 
is that one of the kids, one of the posh kids in the film, says, oh, I haven't told you the key detail yet. They've all been issued by the government. The government has decided that rather than subject them to the hideous, vile death that this fog will impose upon them, because apparently it causes your your lungs to bleed and your eyes to bleed and your and you die, you know, your guts come out and you, you, you die really horribly. The government has issued everyone with this easy death pill, which everyone's going to take to, to ward off the nasty death. Hmm. And one of the kids is quite smart. He's the best character in the film. And the, and the, and the, the smart kid set, has a discussion with the, with the black cancer surgeon, cancer expert guy. And the, and the, the boy says, well, how do we know that the experts are right, that we, we should take this, this death pill? How can we trust the experts, the government and stuff? You know, what, what, if it's, what if they've got it wrong? He said, for example, there was a teacher at my school and, and, and a boy, and one of the boys in the class called him out on something and the boy was right and the teacher was wrong. And, and, and the, the cancer experts, no, 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 the, 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 these experts have, have looked into this and the experts wouldn't be wrong because they're experty experts and the government wouldn't tell you to do anything that wasn't, that wasn't good for you. And the boy says, well, I'm not going to take the pill. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to take a chance. And then, and then the, the, the cancer expert gets, gets very frustrated and goes to the boy's parents and says, he's not going to take the pill. What, you, can you talk some sense into him? Can you tell him not to, to tell him, tell him to take this death pill, which he, which he needs, because otherwise he's going to die horribly. And I thought, this film is, is, is really a, a spookily prescient commentary on what's just happened. It, it, it was made in 2021, I think, at the height of the the fake pandemic when of course we were all being urged to take this this cure which was worse than the alleged problem and i thought did they know did they know what was going on here because i understand that there there were rewrites were made to the script during this had been like it was produced by um uh Marv films, you know Matthew Vaughan, hmm. who did who did all the who did all the Kingsman movies yeah. and stuff, and it had been apparently been sitting around on on Matthew's desk desk for 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 a long time, and he hadn't got it made, and he finally got it made, and then he got it made at the wrong time, and the film absolutely bombed at the box office because it was well, I mean it's quite depressing, but also I think it was felt that it was just yeah. It never even got a cinematic release, which is why you, you see it on airplanes. Well, that's going to make quite, it bomb, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, but I thought, how how weird that this is this is basically the the, the theme of the film that mm. or one of the themes. It was my take home theme anyway. Here is this kid playing the Dick and James role, saying, "Well, hang on, saying why are we? I'm not going to take this this death pill." I'm not going to take the death jab. So do, 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 are you just not revealing how it ends? I mean, this is the one, the, the bit that isn't the spoiler. I'm not I, revealing how it okay. ends. Right. Because I think that you should watch the film just to see how it ends. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. Last night I ended up watching the Banshees of Kilcannon or whatever it is. Insurin or something. Insurin? Yeah, that's something like that. Yeah. Which is, um, if you liked In Bruges and I did. The Guard 
it's kind of along those lines but the whole same plot actors. essentially hmm? same actors isn't it yeah and the same team making it apparently it, it's one of those very slow paced thing that's got father ted like humor throughout it in a sort of irishy sort of way um no car chases obviously it's on a remote uh, irish island and um the entire plot is a, a, a bloke decides that he no longer likes his best friend and and, Do, and does, friend is there, does he have a reason for it he just said he suddenly discovered that he was dull he said well we live yeah. on a remote a remote irish island everyone here is dull and you know he's, he's got a point um but it's uh, that is essentially it would have been such a hard sell if you were trying to pitch that to a, a hollywood studio a friend decides he no longer likes his friend is it are you is it a recommend i noticed when you tweeted it out people were saying yeah it's just boring um it's not an action adventure film it, it's a, a gentle but dark um sort of observational thing some people are saying it's a metaphor for the troubles and the irish civil war which is all well and good but you know it, it, it's not not a particularly deep point but there's some lovely bits in it, it it's one of those things where if you were going to do nothing instead of watching it then, then watch it but uh yeah not not a massive recommend because those films that, are no. difficult to place you know sometimes you want to be entertained and you want action even if it's mindless if you're in that sort of mood, then really avoid. But uh, I, I, I was laughing out loud frequently in it. So uh, it, it certainly got its moments. Have you seen Seven Kings Must Die? Yes. Why have I seen that? Well, it's, it's the film, the film uh, ending for Last Kingdom. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> it becomes very, very clear that they've, they're rushing it. They're just trying to get through the tying up all the loose ends for Uhtred. Did, because um, I didn't know Athelstan was gay. Did you? Um, I think they'd hinted at it previously. Had they? I think so. I'm going to um, look. Yeah. Athelstan. King of what, the Anglo-Saxons. Historically gay, or gay in the series. Um, gay in the series. Right. A distinguished and courageous soldier, he pushed the boundaries of the kingdom to the furthest, furthest extent. So, he, yeah, so Brunenberg was, was, his, was his... Brunenberg was, was his, his big battle. Um, I, I obviously... If, oh, he never married and had no children. I suppose from that thin bit of biography, they've decided that, that that's a para, that's, that's he was a bender. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it has bachelor. got... If it's on Netflix, anyone that could be turned into, into a gay has been made a gay. Hmm. And by the way, I, I don't, for, for all our many gay listeners, I want to point out that some of the nicest people I met on holiday were the, were the, the gay couple from Japan. <laughs> we went, we went on the jungle trek with them. And there was this lovely, can you imagine what a, what a, what a, 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 a sort of middle-aged, late middle-aged uh, Japanese gay couple are like? No, I can't. It's, it's got comedy potential. 
The, the, well, yeah, well, it was, they, they were great. They were great. And, and what was really touching was at breakfast on the last day, they were genuinely pleased to see us. They were so excited and they, and they just came over oh. and they were so sad to see us going. It was lovely. I never discovered their names. <laughs> I think, had I given it 10 minutes longer, I reckon that I, we would have got an invitation to Japan. And that would have been good because apparently, apparently, mm-hmm. um, Boy Darling Pole says you know because he's just been traveling around in the east yeah he says that japan is the best oh right you know, he went to he went to thailand he went to korea he went to north vietnam oh sorry to, to vietnam he went to malaysia he went to he, he covered them all off apart from laos and cambodia by the way do you say laos or lao oh i'm i i, I struggled in this one the other day i said laos yeah no, quite right too it's yeah. like like we should say laos kenya the Ukraine, the Sudan, <laughs> obviously. The Congo. Um, the Congo, yeah. Um, uh, Rhodesia. I can't, I can't bear these people who call it, who, who call it um, Lao. I, I In the same way that, that one. Chennai should be pronounced Madras, I think. Bombay. Um, Although this, this just this, this just does contradict my sort of anti-imperial my, my anti-British empire. Yeah, yeah, it's just so. a thing, isn't it? But, but, uh, Boyd Ellingpole says that Japan is just the coolest, and right. that, that people who go to Japan want to go back there because they realise how incredibly amazing it is. The food, the the culture is so weird that you that you. Because because the Japanese are so resolutely Japanese, and and one of the things he liked about it is there are lots of places where they simply won't serve you if you're not Japanese, or if you, at least if you don't speak Japanese, they 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 don't want to know, which I kind of respect. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, try that over here. Yeah, yeah. See um, where it gets you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I can't serve you. You're not Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've just seen the return of my wife. So that yeah, well, I've I've been sort of waved at. I, I think it's, I think I'm being being called for lunch. So um, well, I'm going to continue been... the research into my great coat, and obviously, it's a saga that all our listeners will be wanting to to follow. With uh, they're going to be gripped by so many aspects of this podcast. They're going to be wanting to know what's happened to my Toyota Rav. Um, am I ever going to get any more freebies from hotels in in Malaysia? Um, will the gay couple get in touch? Yep. Well, it, it's, will you it's, ever get Dick and James in Japan? It's got more more unresolved threads than than an episode of of Utrid. Yeah, yeah. I think they're particularly going to love. Do you think they're going to particularly love my my Saint Etienne joke, or do you think they're going to think it's a shit joke? Niche. It'll go. I mean, for for audience below a certain age, it'll go right over their heads. They won't. They won't even know. You know, I've never even associated the machine gun with the band, and yet I've you know been a fan of both for quite a while. So yeah, well done for making that connection. Good. Thank you, Dick. Um, Well, 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 let's let's do another podcast sooner rather than later. Yeah. Well, you're the one who keeps buggering off to the far east. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. I I want to go and live there, but unfortunately, the, the wife won't let me. Um, I'm just about managing Northumbria later in the year, so uh, I'll, I'll be back there. You can catch me there. Uh, that'll be that'll be. Just nice. see Utrecht. It's, it's covered in sodding wind turbines. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. 
Um, good. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, and to remind you, um, I love you. I love it when you support me on um, Subscribe Star, Patreon, Substack, Locals, Locals. Uh, buy me a coffee. All these things. It's. It's. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. We've got to. We've got to fight the enemy. Fight the power. Um, and you help me doing doing it when you when you give me your money. So thanks a lot. Um, Dick, it's been a good one. Okay, brother, see you soon. All right, bye-bye. Bye.